Welcome to March to the Pod, presented by Eternal Roofing. We are your consistent source for Sam Houston Athletics. Today, we're going to look back at a frustrating loss to Jacksonville State, preview and give our picks for, you know, the Cats game against Liberty on tomorrow night or Thursday night, if you're listening to this on Wednesday. And we're going to check in on the men's basketball program as they begin practice, and they got a recruit that we are going to be very excited about. I'm your host, Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey Hogue Sports. It's one word, C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E Sports. I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of SHSU. Also one word on Twitter and Instagram, Sports of SHSU. The chief operating officer of the Cat Fund and a proud Bearcat alum, Ben Sorrells. Uh, ben, I, I hear... You, you, you were telling me coming in that uh, the, it was raining awful heavy there. Man, I hope if someone has a roof leak that uh, they know who to call. Yeah, and that would be eternal roofing. Yeah, a lot of rain going on right now in the Houston area. I think even some some minor flooding in the Houston area, and it's supposed to continue the next couple of days. So, yeah, definitely a good time to pitch eternal roofing. Um, if you have any roofing needs, now's the perfect time to call them with these storms rolling in. It really is. And just, I mean, seriously, we're going to give you the, just what you need to do, right? Because you get a league, you get a league in your roof. You need somebody. Eternal roofing is the people to call because they're going to give you a free and detailed roof inspection. They're going to let you know exactly what you need. They're not going to give you any pressure sales pitch. It's going to be fast. It's going to be professional and they're going to give you exceptional workmanship, and they're going to give you warranties as well. They only use the best quality stuff. I think that's what's most important, especially when you talk about needing a roof repair. You want those certainty shingles. You want all of that stuff that's known to work, and eternal roofing are the people to call. Now, we know they don't do orthopedic surgery, <laughs> but uh, you know I think that, that maybe this, this rain, this is the people, Ben. Yeah, now's the time, that's for sure. Um, and it's all about quality. You you don't want to do a roof and then have to fix it again a year later. You want to make sure you do it the right way. So, yeah, make sure you call Eternal Roofing, and now's the right time with these storms rolling in. And, uh, yeah, make sure to give them a call. Get a hold of the professionals. You can call them if you're in the Hill Country. Dial 830-251-5673. Montgomery County area, 936-215-8539. You can actually call them even if you don't live in the Hill Country or the Montgomery area. That Those numbers work across the state of Texas, believe it or not. And also they have an email address that works as well. Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at eternalroofingtx.com. Give them a call today. Uh, ben, I do need an injury update here on uh, on the elbow uh, before we get into talking about our cats a little bit. Yeah, I went to the uh, certified orthopedics yesterday, actually, and uh, things are looking good. Just looks like it's going to be some physical therapy for a couple of weeks, and uh, we should be good to go. But yeah, I've been out of the sling for about a week now, which is good. Um, just getting back that range of motion and strength is the biggest thing at this point. So definitely trending in the right direction. Have you learned anything from this experience? Uh, yeah, don't don't break your elbow in a men's basketball league. It's not worth it. <laughs> or or a men's softball league or co-ed softball league or dodgeball league. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> uh, are you going to be back on the field soon? 
Man, our team actually, the most recent season started this last Thursday night when the game was going on. Our, my boys got a big win um, in, in the North Houston Rec League. So, yeah, I'm not a part of this season, but I'll be back next season. <laughs> see, see can't keep, he, what did he learn? Nothing. You can't keep him away. You're not. It's, you can't get rid of that competitive drive in Ben yep. Sorrells. Right. Yeah, man. I'm, I play to win, even if it is a men's basketball league. So <laughs> I'm, well, I want to win. Well, and I feel like the Cats want to win, too. Uh, But we're going to get into that here as to what has been holding them back against Jacksonville State. Um, You know, honestly, Ben, I think as as I look back on that, this was the first game this year that I expected more. And this was the first time this year they truly had an opportunity to win this game. And – they only have themselves to blame if we really look at it, you know? Right. Yeah. Everything was right there in front of you. I mean, you had a 14 point lead at the half. You had a chance to go up a couple scores in the second half and you shot yourself, you shot yourself in the foot with some penalties, um, had one minute left to defend. Um, and Jacksonville state had to go the whole length of the field. Um, couldn't do it. So you, you had your opportunities, but could have get it done ultimately. And, and that's a team that's in the exact same spot you are with the same transition. And so, uh, yeah, it was definitely disappointing um, to to lose it in that manner, in that fashion, especially considering how many chances you had to kind of put it away. I agree. And now we're going to dive into it. But before we do, we want to let you know we are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the various social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, threads at March to the pod, March, the number two, the pod. It's all one word. And to those of you who are watching on the Dave Campbell's YouTube page, a fine hello to you. And thank you so much uh, for viewing, you know, Ben, I think what disappointed me the most about that loss last week was the lack of discipline that hurt the team from a a position group that next to the quarterback, I expect them to be the most disciplined players on the field. And it's been a reoccurring theme now the past two weeks. It happened at U of H and, uh, and Keeler mentioned it. He brought it, he said, he said multiple times, he brought it up at halftime at U of H. And um, he, he did say at U of H that, um, their guys were kind of in the right to retaliate, but you still can't do it. Um, even if you are getting speared to the ground, you can't retaliate. It's always going to be the second guy that they're going to catch. And so um, he he let them know during the U of H game and after the U of H game. And similar thing happened this last week um, with those undisciplined penalties. Uh, it was two unsportsmanlike penalties on the same play when we were almost in the red zone. And uh, that's just a killer, especially when it's already been hit on. And it's just a lack of discipline um, from the guys up front, unfortunately. And then, um, just some false start penalties, um, some other penalties on offense. And, um, and also the low snaps too didn't help. So yeah, the offensive line, while they played probably their best game of the year, ultimately their undisciplinedness and their penalties and those kind of minor mistakes is uh, a big reason why we couldn't come out with the win, I think. I agree. And it was, uh, you know, I, I think you want to look at the turning point of that game. It really lies uh, there, believe it was third quarter. Cats were driving. They had got that momentum going on offense. And by the way, we saw what an what this offense can do when they're not facing power five level defenses. Uh, it was a definitely a much 
better showing. It wasn't great. It wasn't perfect. It was better. Dolphins got that momentum rolling. And then a what was a tremendous play turned into a comedy of errors that was not very funny if you're a Cats fan because there was a fumble of the ball. Lineman secured it, picked it up. Right, I mean, that's what you want, right? Like this is stuff movies are made from. The lineman pushes it forward. You get a first down. Momentum's building. Crowd's into it. And then one of our offensive linemen decides to throw somebody down and another one decides to come in and headbutt. And now you're first and 10, 30 yards further back. You killed the momentum. You killed the energy that the crowd was giving you in the stadium. And then at that point, that game turned on its head all because of a lack of discipline. It did. And it really did. And um, yeah, you're driving. I think it was a 20 yard pass to, I think it was Elijah Stone or maybe it was Jack Sherrard, one of the tight ends and got it down to almost the the red zone. And you got a chance to go up multiple scores there late in the game and maybe even put the game away. Um, but now you're pushed back 30 yards. And then a couple of plays later, I think you get another first down and there's a, there's a holding penalty. Yeah. Um, so that's 40 yards of penalties. And that drive ended right around midfield. Um, and so you get the ball to 10, 15 yard line. I mean, that's three points and that's the game, even if you just get three right there. So those 40 yards on penalties were ultimately a killer. And uh, uh, I know Coach Keeler and Keegan Shoemaker had some words for the offensive line after that drive. And uh, yeah, it wasn't pretty. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's ultimately where it happened and kind of where things hinged was um, just the undisciplinedness. And it comes back to haunt you. And it, it did on uh, on Thursday, that's for sure. And that, those are self-inflicted wounds that this team cannot afford. Right. You, you can't, you, this team is not going to be light years ahead of anyone else athletically, right? Like they're, they're not playing anyone on the field that they're going to dominate with their athleticism. That's not happening. They're, they're no longer playing some of the lower FCS talent teams. You could get by with that against some of those. You're not getting by with that here in FBS right now. You were not, you've not built it up to that point. Yeah. And and even with that point, I feel like just all four games so far, it feels like one group is really clicking and then another group is just really, they're not doing well or they make a stupid penalty. It just feels like we can't put together a complete game, whether that be from an offensive and defensive perspective or playing well on offense and committing penalties or defense is playing well and the offense isn't it just feels like you can't put a complete game together and for us to be able to win games at this level it's got to be a complete effort in all three phases and you got to be disciplined so we just haven't seen that yet and I think if we can get there there's some winnable games but um, you got to show you can do it well then ESPN gave a nice little uh, you know how you doing to the Cats fans when they opened the show by reporting that Ife Adeyi is out for the season which I believe you had already you had already heard, but that man, that just adds to, you've got a couple wide receivers dismissed off the team. You've got a couple wide receivers, a uh, one Ife. Now a big piece is out for the season. Juavez hasn't been able to play yet uh, with injury. Now all of a sudden this wide receiver core is looking uh, very frail and fragile. And that is not what the cats need right now, heading into face Liberty. Yeah, and man, I just feel terrible for Ife. I mean, just getting to know him a little bit, he's a great guy. Um, he was one of the guys that redshirted last year. 
Um, and you just you hate it for him. Absolutely hate it. I found out a couple hours before game time um, that he was out for the year with the, with the meniscus injury. And so we wish him the absolute best. But, yeah, guys are going to have to step up. Um, I think Noah Smith had by far his best game of the year. He looked really good. I think Malik Phillips showed some good things. And the tight ends both played pretty well also, I think. Um, and then you had John Gentry, man, and I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit, but touching the ball nearly 40 times with eight receptions. And uh, yeah, so some other guys stepped up and it's going to have to be that way at pretty much every single game until you get Quavez back in maybe a month, hopefully. And uh, yeah, guys are just going to continue have to have to step up. Yes, and I'm glad that you mentioned the running game, and it leads us into another uh, part of this. It, yes, a lack of discipline, a big reason. It's not the only reason. Uh, the offense opened up early, Ben, and they were really moving the ball. They looked very good in the first half. They had they put up yards. They put up points. Uh, and then it felt like in the third quarter, when they came out of the locker room, they came out with a philosophy change. They stopped attacking. They just felt like they could run the ball and rely on their defense. And boy, is that not a good idea for this team. Right. Yeah. I think when you can get the run game going, that's great. But I don't think it's something you can depend on for all 60 minutes. And we kind of saw that in the third quarter, kind of felt like we leaned on it a little too much. Um, and especially with John Gentry, I mean, touched the ball 40 times. He's going to wear down a little bit. You're not going to get that same kind of production. And so um, I think it's okay to lean on the run a little, but I think you've got to rely on the passing game. And Keegan looks, I mean, outside of one really bad interception, which was bad, I think Keegan looked great um, on Thursday night. And I think you should have put the ball in his hands a little bit more. Um, uh, and especially in that third quarter, um, it just looks like we really took our, our foot off the gas and um, that's when Jacksonville State started coming back. So it's okay to mix in that run, but I think you got to continue to put the ball in Keegan's hands because I think he, sh he showed that he can do it, and he was doing well in the first half uh, distributing the ball. He was, and, and you know, I, I thought uh, Keegan as well played a very, a very good game, probably his best one that he has had this year. Uh, and, you know, I, I just – I feel like there was some coaching problems with it. First off, the idea to come out and try to sit on it is not a good idea. You you need to be aggressive for at least three quarters unless you're up by enough that you know you can hold it. That was they did not have a lead comfortable enough to sit on a ball, right? To sit on. Uh that was number one. Number two, what got them there, what was aggressive early on was a lot of misdirection, a lot of a lot of keeping the defense off balance, right? A lot of the, remember what we talked about a couple weeks ago, short passing game. You know, you saw a lot of that. Little misdirection, dump it here, dump it there. Then you're able to hit them for a run up the middle. Then all of a sudden, look, you got the tight end leaking out down the seam because you're able to, you're controlling what the linebackers are doing. I, I felt like when they came out in the second half, they, they just threw that whole formula that was working out the window until it became too late to get it to work again right yeah definitely took the foot off the gas and it was almost a timid approach um I, I loved what we did in the first half I mean there was so much misdirection and movement going on a lot of guys getting involved 
And then it just kind of felt like it got vanilla there in the third. And then it's hard to kind of put your foot back on the gas once it's tied up. I mean, we even saw that when the defense forced that uh, that fumble um, towards the in the San Houston red zone and, and the offense got the ball. I think it took them 10 plays to move the ball 20, 25 yards. So once you take your foot off the gas, it's hard to get back in that rhythm. And so uh, I think it's just something you, you got to sustain the whole time. Keep that motion going. Keep getting guys involved. Uh, mix in the run here and there. But. Um, yeah, put the ball in Keegan's hands or whoever the QB's hands is because, I mean, he was doing really well outside of that one throw on Thursday. You you hit on it, man. It's a mentality, right? Like your your offense is sitting here and you're saying, we're going. We're good. This is what we're going to do. And that whole first half, you kept gut punching them the whole way through. Then you go in at halftime and you tell them, guys, we're going to come out in this second half and we're going to we're gonna stop being aggressive. We're going to stop gut punching. That's – it's just a bad message to send to the offense because that uh, I I just don't, I don't think you're able to sell. We're going to run them down and run block the heck out of them. I, I think that the team looks at you and goes, that's not really what we're able to do right now. That's not us. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not who they are, even though they put up some good rushing yards, that's not who we are. So, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what it looks like moving forward. Hopefully we can kind of harness that first half. Um, and move forward with it. And even in the second half, when we saw things start to open up and look good, um, anything that did look good was brought back by a penalty. I think there were three or four offensive uh, penalties, and, that, and that's a killer. So it's not what you can do. So, I mean, you got to put a complete game together at the end of the day. Yes, and they did not do that. They put a good half together. And uh, to your point earlier, Keegan Shoemaker did have his best game of the season by far. In the passing game, he rated a 67.1, which was – far and away his best performance this season i think it was i was gonna say i think it was the best performance of his career at sam houston i mean the the one interception was really bad but if you take that out i mean he was he was nails pretty much the entire night yeah he he was good he operated that well i uh, uh, at times i felt like the alternating of quarterbacks was not working as well i i don't know why you alternate quarterbacks you know, down at the goal line, I get it. Trapper Pinnell can come in and he can do it, right? Like, the, he can run. He's good down there in the Wildcat. I just felt like it took a little bit of the rhythm out at times to bring him in. He wasn't necessarily successful, and I don't understand why Keegan could not operate some of those same plays. Yeah, and I think it's gotten to the point now where people know who Trapper is. I think we need to have some some plays with him in there to where he's not the guy getting the ball, or maybe he's actually throwing the ball, or maybe he's catching it. He He's played some tight end in, in camp. So I think he needs to be used a little more as a decoy because when he comes in now, it, people know who he is, which is fine. He's great at what he does, but maybe let's have him in there and throw a pass, or maybe let's have him in there and um, he's just a decoy. He doesn't even touch the ball, but he gets all the attention. And so uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see what they use or how they use that wildcat package moving forward because I think teams are – have start to catch on to it because he's got three touchdowns. Now you got to account for him. Well, it was pretty obvious when he came into the game, Jacksonville state knew what was coming. Right. Right. And so at that point it comes down to executing, but it would not hurt to, like you said, uh play action pass. Maybe. I mean, if he's a quarterback, you brought him in to be a quarterback. You're going to have to trust him to at least hit a wide open receiver with a play action pass. Right. And he's a competent thrower. I mean, we've seen him do it. He, he played that entire Southern Utah game last year, made some completions. He played quarterback in high school, so he can definitely do it. He can do a bunch of different things, and 
uh, I think it'd be a really good thing to kind of take advantage of all the skills that he has instead of just kind of having him dive there up the middle or kind of run it on the outside edge. I agree. And so, Ben, that brings us to our injury updates. Uh, where do the Cats stand health-wise as they get ready to take a uh, tough trip? Right, yeah. I, I think we came out of this game looking pretty good. We saw Mark Kendrick Biel um, come off for, for a, a series or two, but he was back in there. We saw Javon Leon come out for a little bit, but he was back in there, which is good. So I think you're looking pretty much about where you were coming into this game, obviously, uh, as far as we can tell. One injury that kind of did fly under the radar that um, he's not a huge name, but I think he kind of made a big impact is uh, Davion Armstead did not play against Jacksonville State. He he had a pretty noticeable limp um, walking around in the pregame. He's a guy that had three pass breakups at BYU and has been really good in coverage. And so um, it'll be interesting to see what his status is for Liberty. We know about the Ife Days and Quavis Humphreys and Zach Herbacek's, but uh, yeah, Davion Armstead's the guy that kind of flew under the radar. And uh, if he's healthy, I think it's going to be a big boost for the defense. Well, uh, let's hope he is healthy. Let's hope it is a big boost for the defense because they're going to need it. Uh, but what they also need, Ben, is, is we got to remember sometimes that we're dealing with young men that are also students. And, uh, you know, as in this world now where we're actually allowing them to make some money off their name, image, and likeness, you operate that cat fund, my man, and that's a very big uh, thing. So take a moment here and tell our listeners what they get and, uh, you know, kind of give us a, a rundown of the cat fund. Right. Yeah. It's a great way to support San Houston athletes um, and kind of reward them for what they've done on and off the field and uh, support them financially. So yeah, great way to get involved and support the players, but also a great way for you to get involved and get exclusive access to uh, content on cat fans. Also some uh, member or some uh, merchandise like shirts and hats. And uh, Corey, if you give me just one second, if we go to YouTube or if you're on YouTube, let me grab this real quick. Whoa, um, off the cuff guys, Ben. We Let me try to, get this on here i don't know if it's going to go on here or not there we there go is. yeah so we're, we've got uh we've got five of these that we're shipping out to some of our members what are those some of the, these are signed footballs uh we've got uh, nine or ten signatures on these from dude. different guys on the team so dude. yeah this is dude. one of the things hold on put that back up there man put that <laughs> back up there okay let's see there we go there we go the uh i'm looking at the way i'm looking at it is on on one of on the far left side it says meatball all capital letters yes sir yes <laughs> who else is on that man yeah kv and gaither's on here isaiah downs is on here uh sincere jackson diari Patton, um uh, chris scott he's had a great season he's on here jack sherrard's on here um so yeah We've got some of these footballs, picked them up a couple days ago, shipped one out today or a couple days ago. We're going to ship some more out here in the next week. But yeah, and we're going to have some more signed ones go into our members at certain tiers here in the next couple of weeks. So that's one of the things you can get access to. So how do they become members then? Yeah, cat-fun.com. A great way to get involved. That's our website. You can sign up there, see all the information, see the membership benefits. And uh, yeah, that's where you can go. We've also got our golf our golf tournament coming up here in a couple of weeks, October 20th. So that's cat uh, hyphen fun.com slash golf. If you're interested in signing up and more information, we've also got that on the cat fun social media pages. So yeah, a lot of good stuff happening. 
Ah, that is tremendous. And, and you know what else is tremendous? Eternal roofing, man. Especially yep. on days like today where it's stormy and raining. And, you know, I, I honestly, I, I live in an apartment complex, but if I lived in a home that had uh, two leaks in my roof, like I live in now, I would call eternal roofing, Ben. Yeah, it's the only place to call. And uh, maybe you're like me. We need to get on our, our our apartment complexes to maybe contract them out and do some work. I know uh, we talked about that last week. I need to do better. I got to get on them, but maybe we can both do it. <laughs> yeah, because look, they can install, they repair roofs. It's not just roofing, though, Ben. That's the great thing about it, especially when you're talking apartment complexes, because they can do other things that you're going to need general contracting work inside the apartment. Uh, they could paint the interior exterior of your home or your business. They can install gutters, garage doors, floors, woodworking, and crown mold molding. If you know crown molding, that is very specialized stuff. They can do that for you. Shelf repair sheetrock. If you've got, you know, a young one who likes to run themselves through it. We've, we've been over that before. And Ben, the calendar turned to October. That doesn't mean Halloween lights are coming, although I, I have to ask Taylor if they do that. But it does mean we're just a couple months away. People are starting to have to plan for the jolly old fella coming to town. Yeah, old St. Nick, only a couple months away, as crazy as it is. But yeah, they also do Christmas lights, which is really fun. So if you're looking for everything Corey mentioned or Christmas lights, they've got you uh, and, and they can help. That's for sure. They sure can. You can reach Taylor. You can email him directly. Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at eternalroofingtx.com. You can call one of the two numbers, the one in Montgomery area, 936-215-8539, and in the Hill Country, 830-251-5673. Give Eternal Roofing a call for all of your roofing and general contracting needs. Ben... We turn our attention now to this week. And we are facing a very good Liberty Flames team. Tell us what you know about them. Right, yeah. So, I mean, we're coming in 0-4, and, and they're coming in 4-0. and um, And they've got two conference wins already. So, that they've taken care of business. Uh, kind of similar to Jacksonville State. Hasn't been the highest quality opponent, but, man, they've really put a, a pretty quality beat down on each and every opponent beating Bowling Green, New Mexico State, Buffalo, and FIU so far. Uh, under new head coach Jamie Chadwell, first year, I think about half of their roster is completely new, so not a lot of people really knew what to expect with them, but I think they've really looked good and exceeded expectations. And then, obviously, their big name that you have to watch out for is Caden Salter, um, their quarterback. Um, man, he's just really done it all. He, he can really hurt you through the air. He can hurt you with his legs, and he's been dynamic. He's been a conference player of the week once or twice already. And so, uh, yeah, they're a good team. This is what – I mean, we've played some difficult games this year. This is definitely up there. So it doesn't get any easier this week, that's for sure. This is going to be a real test of the defense because this is a team that you mentioned the passing game – the quarterback, how good he is. They have a passing grade of 86.4 on pff.com. That's really good uh, for a passing grade. It This defense, I think this might be the best offense to attack this defense. What this defense does well, I think this might be the best offense that they've faced so far, maybe outside of Houston. 
Right. I was going to say Houston, it definitely wasn't a good scheme fit, but Liberty's up there too. Liberty can really do it all and teams that can really throw the ball and run the ball competently, that's when it gets a little tough for our defense. Uh, I think if you can make a team one-dimensional or if a team is one-dimensional, that's where our defense can really shine and thrive. But, man, it's going to be a big test and a really mobile quarterback, and, and that's what the big test is. And we really haven't faced a mobile quarterback. I mean, Logan Smothers this last week, he, he's he's mobile uh, at Jacksonville State, but he really didn't run the ball a ton. So, yeah, I think that's going to be really difficult, uh, an offense that can do it really well, um, both running the ball and throwing the ball, and that's what's going to make it really tough. All right, so this week I am throwing something at us a little bit different, completely off the cuff. It just came into my head. All uh, right. I know you're ready for these things every time. <laughs> we're going to go – I'm going to give the position group, like, what we're doing, and then we're going to talk about who has the advantage. Okay. And we're going to start with our pass blocking for pass blocking versus pass rush. All right. And we're going to go a Liberty offense right now versus Sam Houston defense. Yeah. So tell me what you got. I'm probably going to have to give the edge to the the Liberty offensive line. Um, I I think the Sam Houston defense, uh, when it comes to pass blocking, um, we haven't really gotten a ton of pressure on the quarterback. If it were to come to run blocking, I think it might be a different story. But, yeah, when it comes to pass blocking, this Liberty offensive line is big. They're experienced, um, and they've done really well this year, giving Caden Salter some opportunities to throw the ball and do some good things. So, yeah, when it comes to pass block against the defensive line, I'd probably give the edge to Liberty. When you mentioned big, that tells me they're probably pretty good at running the ball. Yeah, but well, you- the quarterback is a big part of that, too. Well, let me explain something to you. PFF.com has them rated pretty low in pass block. Really? These, okay. These big guys, they don't. In fact, uh, Sam Houston has the edge uh, in pass rush. Sam Houston's pass rush is um, graded a 60, and Liberty's pass blocking grade is a 49.4. And so I, that gives, in my opinion, that gives Sam Houston the edge when it comes to pass rushing. But look, 60 compared to 49.4 isn't going to get there very well. You, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, and it's a road environment, so it's going to make it even more difficult, that's for sure. So, it, um, yeah, it's a tough matchup. Um, it's not going to be easy. So, I mean, the, and that's, where I think, ultimately where there's going to have to – if Sam Houston is going to have success, it's going to be on the defensive line and if they can get home because ultimately that's where our strength is and it's going to be interesting to see if they can get home to Caden Salter. That brings us to the next one. Their receivers versus the secondary of Sam Houston State. Yeah, I I don't know a ton about their receiving group. I think it's very new. Um, it's a pretty new group over there with Jamie Chadwell. But um, I think the one de- the not deficiency, but the weakness of Sam Houston's defense is the secondary, and we've seen them throw the ball really well, Liberty. Uh, so I'd probably have to give it to Liberty as well um, when it comes to their receivers versus our DBs. All right. Well, this one again little bit of a surprise liberty's receivers are graded 78.5 and sam houston's secondary graded 78.2 and so i'm going to call that dead even yeah i'm going to say that's dead even and that that's going to be you know so quarterback plays we're just talking receivers versus secondary dead even i like that uh that right now sam houston seems to have an edge how about run blocking versus 
run run defense yeah i think this is where we're gonna have an edge and um this is where we're typically gonna have our edge and so not sure what the pff grades look like but i think this is the uh the the group where i think no matter who we match up with in conference usa we should be able to hold our own on the run defensive side and you're right they're graded at 63.3 sam houston is 76.3 that's a significant edge in run blocking but i do want to point out that running game it, you could tell how good the quarterback is and how big a role he plays in the running game when the running grade is almost 20 points higher than the run block grade. They don't need yeah. the run blocking sometimes. This quarterback is that good, and their running grade is 80.3. That means to me, Ben, that tells me the key to watch uh, when you're watching this game, watch for the the discipline of the defensive line. They need to stop the run, but are they also setting the edge and keeping everything from Liberty in the middle of the field? Because that's how dual threat quarterbacks beat you is when they're able to get outside your defensive ends. Right. Yeah. And the Sam Houston defense, all the success comes from stopping the run. That's where it all starts and begins. But here you got to take into a, to account stopping the run with the quarterback. And so it's just another dynamic to go with it. Uh, and so I think that's ultimately where the, where it hinges and maybe even look for some sort of QB spy. I mean, we've got some athletic linebackers that can really cover some space like KV and Gaither and sincere Jackson. And so I'd be interested to see if they kind of put a QB spy on them this week also. Yeah. And to tell you how good this quarterback is uh, in the running game, they're 17 points better than their run blocking in the passing grade is 37 points better than their pass blocking grade. That's just strictly how good the quarterback is. That's going to be a battle. That's going to be fun to watch. I think that's pretty close. I think that, you know, that's going to be a pretty series by series. One one team, that's going to be pretty fun to watch. Uh, now on the other side of the ball is where I think we might start to see some issues. Sam Houston's offense against Liberty's defense Um Ben, we're going to start pass blocking versus pass rush. Who, where do you give the edge on that? Man, honestly, I, I really liked our, our pass block against BYU, and I really liked our pass block against Jacksonville State. So I think this might be the one area where we can um, – I'm going to give it to – I think it might be a push, but I might give it to Sam Houston just based on the fact that we've seen them perform well against two pretty good opponents. And they did. They performed very well pass blocking against Houston. They performed, uh, they graded 69.8 against Houston. BYU 45 and Jacksonville State 53. Tells me they're about average, right? That's about right, yeah. an average pass block. Right, yeah, and the pass block being average is much better than the run block being not average. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Well, it is, but I got to tell you right now, by grades, they're pretty much even. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I say I think it's probably going to be a push because this uh, this Liberty defense, I mean, they've given up some points. It's not crazy points, but they've given up 24, 17, and 27 um, in their first three weeks. Obviously, they kind of shut out um, FIU. Um, they only gave up six. But first three weeks, teams are putting up 20 to 30 points on them. So it's a defense that can give up points and will give up points if you can play effectively. Well, I will tell you their pass rush is graded 79.4 versus a pass block graded 43.3. That gives me a distinct edge towards Liberty. 
Likely, yeah, but also I'd like to see where that Liberty defensive line grades out compared to a BYU or an Air Force or a Jacksonville State. So I think it's going to be an equivalent kind of thing. And if they could perform the way they did against Jacksonville State, I think that was enough to put up points. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you can give Keegan Shoemaker time, I think he's shown that he can do some good things. Is he going to set the world on fire? Probably not, but he's going to be able to keep you in games if you can keep him upright. And I love how you point out the the difference in the level of competition because that has played a role in the grades being so low. I don't know. I, I think 10 to 15 points. How about if I gave if you added 10 to 15 points to what Sam Houston has done uh, on offense, I think that could equate for what the the la- the level of competition they've played. Right. Um, but I still think at that you still give the edge to Liberty in in the pass rush category. Now, receivers versus secondary. What'd yeah. If if you if you gave me our full array of weapons, it would I think it'd be an easy Sam Houston. But honestly, it's gonna be tough for Sam Houston to be the better team when it comes to wide receivers versus DBs. Um when you have this group, um, even at Conference USA. So uh yeah, with Noah Smith kind of leading the charge. Um, and he, him being really your only established guy, I think it's definitely going to be advantage to Liberty, uh, in my opinion, at least. Adding in the 15 points, because I think that's actually a pretty good number to, to say that of the difference in competition. Right. Their receiving group is a 71.7. Okay. I, and that's not bad. That that's That's average starting to get above it. The problem is the Flames secondary is – the best part of that defense, man, they've graded out at a 90.1. Yeah. And they're a turnover machine from what I remember. Um, they, they've, they've really forced a lot of turnovers, especially in the secondary. So it's going to be a tough matchup and got to hang on to the ball when you're throwing it. That's, that's for sure. Cause I mean, you, you got to capitalize on every possession you have. So that means you're going to have to be able to run block this week and have some success in the running game. Where do you see the advantage there? Yeah, run blocking, uh, it's going to have to be Liberty. I mean, this is an established FBS team. And uh, even against Jacksonville State, while there were flashes of it, I don't think we were necessarily dominant when it came to run blocking. So I think you have to give the advantage to uh, to Liberty there. Uh, I think if this team can keep progressing, I think we might be close. But I think you just have to give the edge to Liberty at this point. Yeah, add in that 15, they go up to a 57.3. Uh, the run defense, though, for Liberty is really good. They're graded at a 68.2. By the way, I will say this. I think Sam Houston has a better run defense. I just don't – I think Liberty is going to be able to run the ball a little better than Sam Houston will this week. Right, yeah, and their offense is explosive. Um, I I think our one strength that we do have, that we know we have, is our front seven on defense. Outside of that, we're going to have the guys play up above their ability – and just kind of play equal or to what Liberty can do. Um, and if we can do that, I think we'll stay in it. It's going to be really tough um, going on the road in, in a pretty hostile environment uh, against a really good team. But, yeah, I think we have that advantage on the front seven, stopping the run. But outside of that, it, it's going to be really tough. Wow, I think that was a really good little segment we had. Yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, I, and the, I need to do some more homework on Liberty because I, I knew the team as a whole, but when you're looking at each unit, um, it gets a little more interesting. So I'll definitely have to do some more homework on uh, New Mexico State for next week. Oh, because you know it's coming, man. That's, that's I like that one. I think our listeners will good. like it too. And by the way, if you are listening, let us know. If you're watching, let us know if you like that. Uh, want more of that because I, I, I think that's kind of some of the stuff 
you look for, especially when you get in the nerdy part of football. So that brings us to, we do all that, Ben, so that we can give our predictions. And uh, ESPN Vegas, according to what I saw there, 19 and a half point favorites are Liberty. Uh, the over-under is set at 46. So Vegas is saying a 32 or 33 to 14 in favor of Liberty. What what does Ben Sorrells have to say? Right, yeah, I'm going to stick to my word. I uh, I actually did a little preview of Sam Houston for the guys over at A Sea of Red, which is a group that covers Liberty, and I uh, I predicted 34 to 20. So I think you said the spread was about 33 to 19 kind of thing. So I, I'm right on it with where they are for Liberty. I'm going to give us a couple more points. Um, I think we cover, go over, and I'm going to say 34 to 20 Liberty is what I'm thinking. I like that. But you also have it at the under, too. I thought you said the over-under was 46. 30, you said, what What scored it? You said 34 to 20? Yeah. Oh, so you went to over. I right. do like that. Yes, I do yeah. like the fact, because my math is not good all the time. <laughs> hey, uh, that's I, all right. <laughs> yeah, and here I was earlier adding 15 with no problem to these grades, right? <laughs> you capped out with the amount of math for the day. <laughs> I did, man. My brain shut down at that point. Uh, <laughs> I I do agree with the over. Uh, and I think that's because Vegas is not caught up to the fact that Sam Houston's offense is not as bad as it seemed when they were facing really good power five defenses. I just don't know that Sam Houston will score enough. I don't think that, I, I don't know that they're going to be able to stop Liberty. I think this is the type of offense that gives Sam Houston defense trouble i think this is a bad bad matchup um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 38 21 um yeah you know, we're, we're, I, right, we're right about the same we're pretty close i i but it's so high i just think 19 and a half is a little bit too much that's the biggest spread we've had all year and that's including going to byu and houston so i i like that number and they've had a full week to prepare for liberty uh, with you know having played on a Thursday it's on CBS Sports yeah I I was a little surprised to see a number so high uh, but I I would I think 15 16 anywhere from that 14 to 16 range is very likely in this game right yeah and I, that's that's where I've got it too I've got it at 14 um, and I think it's a game where we're really going to hang around for two and a half to three quarters and then you're going to kind of see Liberty maybe pull away from there. I think it might be a, a, a 27 to 20 game going to the fourth and they score another touchdown and then it's kind of over from there. Or maybe it's uh 23 to 17 going to the fourth and Liberty scores another 10 points kind of thing. So I think it's a, definitely a game that we're going to be able to hang tough in for two and a half, three quarters. But at the end of the day, Liberty is a really good team. Um, and I think they're going to play all four quarters and they've got the depth and, and that we've talked about that a lot. And I think that's where the depth really comes into play. I think you better hope that uh, they do. Uh, because if the discipline issues arise again early on in this game for Sam Houston, this game could is one that could get out of hand in a hurry. Um, this is This is one of those that's a scary team in that 
Uh, I'm not going to put any money on it being on the under because Liberty has that firepower and capability both on offense and defense to turn this game into a route. Yeah, and I think that would be a nightmare scenario for for Sam Houston. I think if you keep it close pretty much the whole game with maybe the best team in the conference right now on the road, I think while it's not a win, it's going to show, hey, we can still compete in this conference. We showed it against Jacksonville State. We showed it against Liberty it turns into a route, I, I really kind of start to worry about the locker room and what it looks like. And because um, if you're 0-5 and you, you get blown out on the road and you got to go on the road again the next week, things can start to snowball. But I think if you can go out there and play well and keep it really close, um, who knows, maybe we even win. I mean, we're not predicting it. But a good showing, I think, could go a long way for the back half of the schedule. Like Nothing helps team chemistry more than winning. Right. Nothing hurts team chemistry more than losing. Frustrations will start to show. I think we saw a little bit of that against Jacksonville State. I think some of the discipline issues are frustration issues right now being being 0-4 entering that game. So now how frustrated are you at 0-5? Do you right. feel any better? You're, you're going to have to look internally, this team is, and, and they're going to have to figure out a way to internally – keep that from happening i think that's something to watch uh this week it is because if, if you can keep if you can keep the momentum i mean not that there's a ton of momentum but to keep the guys engaged and keep fighting i mean utep fiu kennesaw new mexico state are very different opponents even than jacksonville state and uh and liberty so uh, i mean those are four very winnable games right there so if you can stay together um and keep this thing going and keep getting better there's definitely some winnable games on the horizon, but you, but you gotta, you gotta stay together. You gotta keep pushing. You can't, you can't get into a fractured locker room kind of thing. I agree. I agree. And I think that the uh, same with you, I start to be concerned that we might be headed into that area. If uh, things turn South badly South uh, right. this week or at any point in time here, uh, you know, who doesn't turn south, who always puts up their best work and quality, and that's Eternal Roofing, Ben. They are also specialists in commercial roofing. That is very important. Eternal Roofing can accommodate your HVAC system, any equipment you have on the roof, while ensuring minimal disruption to your operations during the installation or repair. If you're a business and you need roofing work, Eternal Roofing is the place to call. And I want to I wanna tell people again, Head over to Eternal Roofing, uh, eternalroofingtx.com, and go check out their gallery. They have a gallery of some of their past projects, and it really is impressive work, Ben. It is, yeah, and they've got a bunch of different stuff on there from what I remember seeing. It's not just the roofing, but everything else you described in that middle segment. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Check out those pictures and the work they've done because it is really quality work, and ultimately, at the end of the day, um, it's about quality, and that's what they do. And that is Taylor. Quality is how you talk about Taylor. You want quality individual, quality work. That is Taylor Andrus in the Eternal Roofing Group right there. You can get a hold of Taylor. Email him at T-A-Y-L-O-R at eternalroofingtx.com. Or you can get a hold of him by phone. Montgomery Area Office, 936-215-8539. And in the Hill Country, 830-251-5673. But do not worry yourself. They will service the entire state of Texas. Taylor has told us that. So make sure you follow them. Give them a call if you need anything. They are awesome to work with. And Ben, 
it's time to get away from football. We've been very, very football focused, but the Bearcats, man, the basketball, they started practice. They did. Yep. A little over a week, a week out from the beginning of practice and almost exactly a week away from their first game of the season at Pacific. So yeah, it's a really exciting time for basketball. Things are really starting to kick into gear. So we talked, we we teased it in the opening that they had a, a big commit uh, this week. Uh, give us some information on that. Yeah, Eric Taylor. Um, he actually visited a few weeks ago, from what I remember. I believe it was two weeks ago. And uh, yeah, six one, six two guard out of Florida that picked up an offer from Sam Houston this summer on uh, July twentieth. I forget who the lead recruiter was on it. Um, my mind's blanking, but yeah, picked up an offer on July twentieth and. Man, this is one of the most high-profile recruits that I think our basketball program or really any program on campus has ever landed. His final five consisted of Wichita State, Utah State, SMU, Drake, and Sam Houston also held offers from schools like Temple, Georgia Southern, Appalachian State, Florida Gulf Coast. And uh, man, this is a really high pickup uh, for the 2024 class um, for Coach Mudge and man, uh, I like what he did in the portal for this year's team. And then looking ahead to next year, this is a really, really nice piece that could come in and make an immediate impact. That's awesome. Coach Mudge is doing great things uh, with the basketball team. What, do we have any other recruiting updates uh, from the basketball programs? Yeah, the w- one of the big ones I'll share is Malik Abdullahi. I believe I'm saying his last name correctly. He uh, he visited a few weeks ago. Um, let me. He's also a guy from out of state. I think he's a 6'8", 6'9", forward, really athletic. Um, he's got a really, really nice offer list, and he's down to uh, four or five schools. And let me find those four or five schools here. So, um, yeah, he's down to Sam Houston, FAU, who made the Final Four last year, UMass, Iona, and Princeton. Um, so, yeah, a guy that uh, really nice top five really good player, three-star player, visited a couple weeks ago. So another name to watch out for that's on the radar for Sam Houston. For a basketball junkie like myself, I I love hearing those names because those are sneaky good March schools. Yeah, Iona, man. Princeton, I mean, FAU. The, and the, FAU. And the fact that you've got Sam Houston getting into the conversation with these, man, the, the, the future is bright for Chris Mudge in the program. It is, yeah, and and recruiting is taking a step up everywhere on campus from the move from WAC from the WAC or to the WAC and then up to Conference USA. And man, this move to Conference USA has really bumped up the recruiting, uh, the high school recruiting at least um, for basketball. I mean, these are guys that you never would have expected, would have even thought about St. Houston in the past. But this is a team that I mean, when those rankings come out, the the top twenty five or top fifty teams and wins or conference record. Sam Houston's in there um, every year. So for the past five to 10 years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a team with a lot of success. Obviously, get back to the tournament is the big goal. And that's what we want to do. But it's a team that's won a lot. And I think that's really appealing to guys. Was that your puppy that just made a, that, an appearance? That was, the, that was the cat. Yeah, the cat. I was avoiding them the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that cat if you're not watching on youtube that that was that was great that cat said hey i'm right here and just went right across the street <laughs> yeah he's a big boy i think he's all of 13 pounds he's he's a big one. Ooh, boy yeah he, he wanted to be seen he, he got all he got his camera time yeah he he made sure to get it in he, he he's big enough he'll find his way on there 
but yeah, recruiting is really taking a step up and I think they're looking to take probably one, maybe two more high school guys for uh, the 2024 class, but man, you're off to a really, really good start in Eric Taylor um, out of Florida. Let's, let's uh, take a look at some of the scheduling news we have. We got, we got more things about the schedule, including uh, a pretty nice event. They're going to be taking a part in. Right. Yeah. Really high profile event up at North Texas. Uh, the kind of exhibition and charity game has really exploded in the college basketball world here recently. And Sam Houston's a part of a really nice event. So they're going to go to North Texas and play North Texas um, Sunday, October 29th at two o'clock. And then followed by after that is going to be A&M versus Texas Tech. All money from that event is going to support people in Hawaii that were devastated by the uh, the wildfires out there. So uh, the Compete for Cause Classic, it's going to be really good. Obviously, North Texas is the team that beat Sam Houston in the round of 16 in the NIT last year. So, And both are coming in with a new head coach, Jason Hooten, going to uh, New Mexico State and Grant McClaslin going over to Texas Tech from North Texas. So two teams in the middle of a transition, but coming off really good years from last year. I'm really happy to see Grant McCaslin, who is a su- superior person. He is a great person. I, I've 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 been around, uh, followed him at least since his days when he got to Midwestern State, and uh, that was that was quite a while now. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but it really was. Uh, but it, it doesn't surprise me. But it also tells you about him that he went to Texas Tech. He, he, he liked UNT. He cares for UNT. And to set this up at North Texas, I, I imagine he was a big part of setting these games up, getting this going. And then for the money to go out to the people uh, devastated by the fires in, in Hawaii. And if, for people who may not be aware of La Haina, that was the main area that was devastated. That is where the Maui Invitational, which is my favorite basketball tournament, Every year, I watch as much of that as I possibly can. I love the Maui Invitational. That is the area that w- was suffered all those burns. And, and uh, there is a D2 school that hosts the Maui Invitational. There's a lot of ties to this. I- I'm really glad to see uh, Grant and, and these other teams, all four teams in, in universities come together, put on this in the at North Texas, fill up whatever they call their place the pit, i don't know the super pit i think is what it's called super pit that's right didn't super yep. pit yeah fill up the super pit because this it's not only going to be good basketball it's for a great cause yeah all around i mean it's a really great thing i mean teams get better you get to see your team go play it goes to a great cause so i mean from start to finish it's a really great event and i think it's only going to benefit the people of hawaii it's going to make these teams better it's just a win 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 for everybody that's for sure it really is. Do we have any other scheduling news there, Ben? Yeah, Sam Houston hasn't officially listed their uh, non-conference schedule yet, but it's all but complete. Um, some of the highlights of it, I'll, I'll just run over. Uh, you could get all this on D1 Docket, great Twitter account to follow. At D1 Docket, it's got every single game that's been announced on there. Um, so, yeah, just some of the highlights of it. Team opens up at Pacific in California um, on November 6th. So we're just about a month away. A couple days later, you host Utah Valley. So that's a matchup of the two top teams from the WAC last year. That'll be a really fun matchup at home. That's a great home game. Um, You've got some games at Oklahoma State, at Ole Miss, at Arizona State. 
Um, and then you get some really good home games. Um, you get to see old Southland Flow Lamar. So a good little regional game there. Texas State comes and plays at uh, at Johnson Coliseum. That's a fun rivalry. UL Monroe comes in, another regional game. So a really fun non-conference schedule. You got some Power 5 teams on there. Um, you go to Grand Canyon. That's another one. Um, to Texas Tech. So some really big names, some really fun home games. Uh, for the first time in a while, you get some quality home games, Division One home games in the non-conference. You're not just playing uh, – Southwest Bible College of Alaska kind of thing. Uh, you're, you're playing Texas State and Utah Valley, schools like that. So it's going to be a fun year. Schedule looks great. I really like this team. All right. I got to ask, man, how in the world is the Bible College in Alaska named Southwest? <laughs> that's what that, that that's what it feels like you're scheduling sometimes. I know what you mean. I just I thought Southwest and then I thought Alaska. That just made me chuckle. Southwest region of Alaska. Come on, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big, it's a big state. It, that it is. I don't think people realize how big a state Alaska is. I have a cousin that actually lives up there. And he told me one time that their closest district game for football was like a two hour flight. Oh my gosh. So there's what, one district in the whole state kind of thing. Yeah, well, there ain't many, there are not many, but yeah, they'll fly up to like six, seven hours. <laughs> Hey man, it's crazy what they do. Yeah, but it yeah, is a, it's a big state. Yeah, none of them on the schedule, thankfully. Um, so it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. We're just about a month out, and uh, excited to see uh, Chris Mudges and Coach Mudges' first year, uh, first year at the helm, and what he can do with this team. Really excited for it, and also really glad to see they're playing Utah Valley and Grand Canyon. Th those teams from the WAC that they were part of, those are teams that those will be good wins on your resume. Those will not be bad wins. Right. And I think that, and also going to Arizona State, let me go ahead and say now, I hope you beat the hell out of Bobby Hurley, okay? <laughs> I, he gets on my nerves sometimes. He He's a little fiery. I like it sometimes. I kind of like the Sun Devils secretly. They're secretly one of my favorite teams. But I really want to beat the hell out of Bobby Hurley and watch him go off. I, I would love it'd be a huge win. And you brought up Grand Canyon and Utah Valley. That's a part of the Conference USA WAC scheduling alliance. So um you get a home game and an away game against the WAC team, and it looks like it's gonna be that way going forward. So a really great way to kind of bolster your non-conference schedule. That is awesome. Ben, thank you so much, man. This was this one. I think this was actually a pretty decent episode. We didn't screw it up too bad. <laughs> yeah, not this one. Maybe the other one. Hey, what, one. <laughs> hey, if you're listening for us to screw up, come back next week. We got more for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll be here again next week, ready to talk about whatever happened. <laughs> That's right. And if you are listening or watching on YouTube, we want to say thank you. Without you. We're not doing this, and we, this would not be possible for us at all. And until we meet, we see you again next week. Ben, take us out. Eat them up, cats, and let's go figure this thing out on the road and get, try to get a win. My uh, God, we need a win. Yep. <laughs>